Welcome to the New Beginnings Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit our Facebook page. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we want to welcome you to a Wednesday night Bible study. We're glad to be part of your home tonight. And uh, so this is MB Church at Home. Uh, we're going to be studying on the saying of Jesus here in John chapter 19. And Sister Ann's going to start, so we're just uh, glad to be with you today. We pray all is well, and uh, that you uh, have been following this along, and we hope that you're learning some things and getting uh, the things that God has for you and I to receive. So Sister Ann's going to start tonight. Okay, on the, this is the third saying. Uh, I highlighted the beholds, John 19, 25 through 27. Uh, it's... I'll read it to you. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, you know, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Now, the beholds. Here we have Jesus ordering that his mother be taken care of by John. And then in Luke, remember Luke 1, Mary said, Behold, talking about herself, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy will. <clears throat> and then Simeon, when he dedicated Jesus. In Luke 2, 29-32, he said, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And then to Mary he said, A sword shall pierce through thy own soul. Now Mary, she uh, saw with her own eyes the brow in which she kissed and the hair which she combed. She saw now a crown of thorns on the Lord's head. No mother ever suffered as she did. His disciples may desert him, his friends may forsake him, his nation may despise him, but his mother stands there at the cross, wow. at the foot of the cross. Who can measure those hours of sorrow and suffering as a sword was slowly put through her soul? You know, here you don't see any feminine weakness. You don't see a wild outcry of uncontrollable anguish. You don't see this woman fainting. Not a word fell from her lips. Wow. No hysterical outbursts. She suffered in perfect silence. That's a difference than we have in women today go through little things all of a sudden you gotta give away a piece of your mind and you gotta scream and shout and and uh, faint or throw something or Mary was very much in control and here we see the perfect man Jesus in uh, Exodus and again in Ephesians it says children honor your parents honor equals love, affection, 
gratitude and respect and obligation and esteem here the Lord. He shows victory over pain. In all that pain, he still knew his obligation was to settle Mary with John. He knew that. Sometimes we just uh, get hurt a little bit. No, we can't take care of this or that obligation. We can't be responsible. We just got our mind all on ourselves. And he took care of his mother. And in Matthew 25, it says that all forsook him. And then Jesus said in Mark 26, 31, and all shall be offended because of me. There comes a time in all our lives that we get offended because of Jesus. We have to keep a a note on that. And uh, when you feel yourself like that, get out of it. Because you have to stay on the side of the Lord. If you are ashamed of him, he shall be ashamed of you. And we have to stand strong and keep our mind on the Lord and do what is right, no matter what is going on around you. Amen. You know, it's a, the, the old saying, when Jesus was on the cross, he was, you were on his mind. And I think that's a great example here that we see of Jesus uh, on the cross and his mother was on his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he had obligations. And when he's thinking about all of us, including his mother, it, this really shows us the strength of Jesus Christ. Yes. That in the suffering wrongly because of our sins, He's being crucified, beaten, uh, all the things that have taken place, and yet he has the mind, he has the will to take care of business, take care of uh, his mom, take care of the things that are going on, see the disciples are taken care of. You know, it's we get we suffer, and all we think about is ourselves. Right now we're in a time of COVID, you know, not hibernation, but uh, uh, quarantine, and all we can think about ourselves. Jesus was being persecuted, being killed, being murdered, and all he could think about was you. There are things there that he's doing. So I, I wondered, I, when I was studying this, I wondered, why didn't John take, or Jesus take care of this with John before the cross? Yeah. You know, as a pastor, we've talked to our congregation about uh, prearrangements for your death, for your burial, for your life. We prearrange. And, uh, but somewhere along the line, Jesus did not prearrange this with John, with his mom, and uh, with his mother. And I, I don't think he talked to his mother about it. So it turns around, and I think that this allows us to see the manifested love of Jesus Christ toward his mother and toward his disciples, especially this disciple, John. Something happened to John that really changed his life. Jesus was saying to John, if you love me, love her. Yes. Jesus so loved the world that he gave it, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there's a love that that God has for us, and then he puts people into our lives for us to care for. Yes. That he loves so dearly, and he believes that you can do something for this one that he loves. So uh, he knew that he could trust John in these matters. So question comes up. 
Can Jesus trust you with the care of others that he has put into your life? Can Jesus trust you? That's a question. Have our life changed enough to where somebody can trust us? Before Jesus came into my, our marriage, my wife got to a place she couldn't trust me. And I gave her good reason not to. And when Jesus came into my life, I wanted her to trust me. But let me just say this to you. Trust is earned. She loved me, but she didn't trust me. And it took years, not six months, not a month, not a week, not because I told her. It took years for her to trust me. Again, isn't that right? Yes. So trust is earned. So Jesus sees John and he trusts him in the transformation of his life that he could trust John with his mother. Are things changed in your life so much? Have you been trans, transferred, ch changed enough to where Jesus trusts you from what you used to be? You see, we want people, I wanted my wife to trust me immediately. Well, I got saved. It's not enough. You earn that trust, okay? And John began to earn that trust. So what's some of the other things that Jesus puts in our lives that he entrusts you? He trusts you with, his, with your mate. This is a gift that God has given me. He trusts that I'll take care of her. My children are in the trust that he has. My family, the lost, whoever I come, come by. And there's a question that comes, I think it's in Matthew 25, when the, he gave the talents, five, two, and one. And he comes back and asks the question, and he'll ask you the same question. What have you done with what I gave you? Somebody said, what did you give me? Well, I gave you your life. What have you done with your life? Yes. What have you done with your wife or your husband? Your children that he gave you. What have you done with your job? What have you done with your family? What have you done with your community? What have you done in the church? What have you done with what I gave you? Every time we have a response, something else, he's given us responsibility. He believes that you can do it. We fail that because we don't believe we can or we don't want to. Mm -hmm. So we have to come to that place. So Jesus struggled. You think also he waited for the cross so he could be an example? Yeah, oh, that's a great one. Thank you. You know, an example to others. Take care of your parents. Amen. So at the cross, visibly open for everybody else to see, mm -hmm. even though everybody else mocking him, he's taking care of his family, yeah. taking care of his mother. That's a real show of love and affection. I don't think you have to take everybody home that he puts in your path, but I think that there's things that you can do to bless somebody with whatever you have in your ability to do it. You know, there's a scripture that says... Uh, uh, we want you to be warm, go, and to come back tomorrow, and I'll give to you what you need. You have it with you now. Do it now. Yes. Okay? There was nobody more suited to take care of Mary than John. Here's what I, I thought about. Uh, I believe that Mary knew that John had been transformed, redeemed, changed by Jesus' love. That her and John could do well together. John was known, John, James and John were known as the sons of thunder. So his life changed enough where he's no longer that son of thunder, that one that would flip off, go off and his fuse is short. Have you changed? 
I know that when I was a young man, before I got saved, I was angry. And I don't know why. But I, I used that in the, in the bad way. But God has changed me. He's given me grace. He's given me mercy. And some people say, I've, I'm, I've got too much grace. I don't think I have enough. I think there's more grace that we need to display. I read somewhere years ago when I was doing a study, years ago in, in a, a church history, that John and Mary had become members of the church at Ephesus where Timothy was the pastor. And this is after the dispersed that went through Jerusalem. And so can you imagine Timothy, this young man that Paul raised up, now pastoring Mary, the mother of Jesus, and John, the great disciple. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple of things in, in play here. Not only are you talking to somebody who knew Jesus very well, how can you preach to, to Mary or John? Ah, is this how it was, you know? But then how, the thing of it is, Mary and John submitted to the authority that God put in Timothy's life. Amen. Sometimes we think, well, we're older than others. I got more education than anybody else. Why should I listen to you, young whippersnapper? Because God put you and put them in authority. As our son Matthew is coming into the place and taking over the lead pastor chip here in the church, my wife and I are supporting him in his authority. We want to come under his authority. I'm not, I'm not being over him. I'm not telling him what to do. We want to be under his authority. We want to support him. So Mary and John had to do the same thing. Jesus' choice of John to receive Mary, what a, what a blessed spiritual fellowship they had. Mary could tell John of Jesus' birth, of his life, before ministry ever started. Got to tell 30 years of childhood, 30 years of history. What a, what a blessing. What an insight. We want to have insight to somebody, and we know what they are today, but we don't, do we know what they were before? You know, what kind of child was he? And two, they were cousins. Not John. Not John? No, John the Baptist. Oh, yeah. But uh, remember the in the movie The Passion? Yeah. It showed a couple of excerpts of him being a child and being a, a young carpenter yes. and different things. And he saw her. Just, the fun that they had, the relationship they had, or the time he got hurt, skinned his knee. You know, those kind of things that she looked out for. But, you know, when you talked about uh, Mary standing at the cross... Or when we saw it in the movie, The Passion, where Mary silently picked up, wiped up the blood that was running down through the, through the place where they beat him. The strength that she had to have, not to break down, but to say, I need to take care of this business. Yes. I need to show myself strong. We all have to show ourselves strong in times that we can be very weak. But we show ourselves strong for others to say, we can do this. We can get through this. We all have times. We're going to go home and cry our eyes out. But we also have to be strong at certain times, and this is what it is. Yes, amen. Spiritual relationships must not ignore the responsibility of the natural. So no matter how spiritual we are, we have a natural responsibility. We have to take care of business, both natural and spiritual. They're both important. You can't have one without the other. You know, we, we have a, I have a natural family, I have a spiritual family, but i got to take care of this natural family. That's what God's called us. Jesus, in his life, did not fail to make provision uh, for Mary, who, according to the flesh, was his mother. He never 
He never forsook that responsibility. Listen to this. No duty, no work, however important, can excuse you from taking care of our fleshly, earthly obligations. So many people get called into ministry or step into ministry and they forget their responsibility to the family. They lose that, that connection that are there. And I know my wife has talked to me many times. I'm still your wife. I'm still your family. We, she helped draw me back, keeps me in focus to different things. And you can focus on both things at the same time well, giving your heart to those things. In, uh, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, it says this, What shall it profit a man or a woman if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul. To me, it's not talking about the riches. And to me, it's talking about ministry. Yeah. What is it if I win thousands and millions of people to the Lord, but my soul is my wife, my kids, my grandkids? If I lose them, what have I gained? How do I answer God? What did you do with what I gave you? Well, God, you gave me a ministry and I had to leave all of this. No, no, you've got to take it along with you. Even the Bible talks about Peter. It said that we've, we've left mothers and homes. So you're going to have more than that. But when Peter died, his, his wife died with him. There was a relationship that, that went on, carried through. And I remember uh, a story about Billy Graham. Somebody asked him a question if he had any regrets. And he said, I have one regret that I could have done less ministry and been home with my family more. Even though they had a great family, and we know that Franklin had some problems and some of the other kids, but you know, he felt my heart really, is, my desire was to serve the, the God, but also my desire should be at home too. There has to be the balance that we put in our lives for all the things that are set before us. Now we see Mary at the cross. She's a woman in need of a Savior. Yes. We never think of it like that. When Anne uh, wrote the scripture about where Simeon, in the, when they dedicated Jesus, said a, so a sword shall pass through your own soul, almost taking the life out of everything. I don't know if she remembers that when she's standing there. It may echo through her mind. I think after we hear it after a while, we kind of lose, nothing happens, or we lose it. But now it's being manifested. So she needs a Savior. No matter what we're called to do, it does not exempt us from the need of a Savior. Right. Amen. She carried the Savior in her womb, but there was one day that Savior was going to carry her to, to heaven. Yes. She was the mother of the Redeemer. Yet she needed to be redeemed herself. Because we're all part of this fallen race, mankind. Mm -hmm. Every one of us has been in, in birth in, with this sin in our lives. We, like Mary, had to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Remember that old song? Yes. Turn your eyes. I don't, I'm not going to sing for you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Jordan's laughing in the back. Look don't, to his wonderful yeah, face. Look to his wonderful face. You know, we, we don't think about that as him being pictured on the cross. Mm -mm. We look at him as, as, the, as the Lord of glory sitting on the throne. 
But truly, this is where we need to be. He, she's looking at him. She turned away from the world. we got to turn away from ourselves, and we've got to look toward Jesus Christ. Deliverance from the wrath to come. Forgiveness of our sins. Acceptance with God. Yes. God had so much. He wants to accept us. He's reaching out to you and I. You said something that was so important, because I didn't read your notes. But I have this one here. It says, salvation comes by beholding. Yes. And in, in John it said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin, sin of the world. world. So what does that behold mean? It means to look upon, to, to consider, to stare at, to see, to believe. Behold means that all of a sudden there's something new going on. Something different is going to take place. For you to hold on to. That's right. Exactly. You know, when, when John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world, that, that statement just rattled through the valley. Going, yes. What does that mean? Yes. What does that mean? There's a lot of things that Jesus had said in the beginning about, or they were said about Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, and then all of a sudden we see it all come to pass. He came to fulfill all those scriptures for you and I. Amen. And just like the Jews, that did in the wilderness, they sinned. And when they were sinned, they, when they sinned so much, they were bitten by snakes, by vipers, and many started to die. And then God had Moses uh, appoint something. He appointed an object that they could have, take a look at their, use their faith, to look at the pole with the snake on it, and they would be healed. Amen. So as we look at these things, we can be healed. In John, or in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 5 through 15, it says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. God wants us to look at this man on the cross. He wants us to see. Not only, you know, this is funny. Not only do we want to see him on the cross, we want to see an empty cross. We need to see an empty tomb. We need to see a risen Savior. Yes. That is our hope. That is our life. We need to look toward Jesus for everything that we have need of. So if you need something right now, we need to look to Jesus. Now, it's so funny. We use the expression, you need something from God, yeah, I want you to close your eyes and pray. Well, he says, look to me. So, okay, are we looking to him or are we closing our eyes to him? That's really a, a, an oxymoron. But I think it comes important that I need to close my eyes to the world, to all the chaos that's going on or the chaos that Mary was experiencing at the cross. Shut off not only the eyes but the ears. What's the, the noise that was going on? And look to him what he was going through, what he was doing for you and me, what he was doing for her and to John and the others that were standing there that had faith. We looked to him and said, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are, you are God. I believe that you're my savior, my Lord, my healer, my help in a time of trouble. And with all the trouble we have today, he is our help. We ask Jesus today to be our help, to be our light, to be our life, to be everything that we need. We need that Savior. We need that Redeemer.
And we need to know that he put, well, he put me in somebody's hands to love me through until I could receive him as Savior. And then I could be a help to others. And I believe that was my wife. And then he allowed us to be put under the authority of other people, Christians, a pastor and some friends that really spoke into our life, encouraged us uh, in our walk, encouraged us in faith, and that, that, that we're being made by all those things. Yes. We're being made by that. And it's very important for us to understand that there's relationships that God puts you in to develop you to what, you, what, you, what he wants out of your life. Amen. Amen. We love you. We love you so much. We, we pray that one day we can get together and we can hear the comments coming back and forth uh, and interruptions saying, Pastor, I want to ask you this question. And so please send in your questions until we can meet again. And, um, do our email at newbeginnings517 at verizon.net. And we hope to see you soon. And we've got a, an ending here. Well, and ne next week we're going to talk about, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it's very interesting. So if you can, turn it on next week. And uh, there's a depth there in all our lives where we feel like we're forsaken. Amen. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this study. God, there's more than we can comprehend that's in this here that you want to show us individually and corporately. We pray, God, that we would put our, our heart and our ears to hear what you had to say. Give us, God, your wisdom, your counsel, your insight. Give us your knowledge. We pray, Jesus, that you would, you would break this thing that's going over our nation, over the world. God, give the, give the men and women, the doctors, nurses, the scientists, the answers. But we know, God, you are the answer to our life. You are the one that we need. We ask, God, for your peace and your presence over our lives. God, we, we, we speak to the storm. Peace, be still. We ask, God, that your word would go out into our hearts and lives and enrich us in Jesus' name. Build our faith and our life in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Wave. Shake hands with somebody. We love you guys. See you soon. See you soon.